the amount of support from the community, from our regulars in the Tenderloin, from our like friends and family has been incredible. There, there's this major focus of how do we support local businesses? How do we keep local businesses open through all this? That was Nico Schwederman, owner of Fleetwood in the Tenderloin. I'm Jeff. Welcome to Storied San Francisco, a weekly podcast where San Franciscans from all walks of life share their stories, and you get to know your neighbors. In this episode, Nico picks up where she left off in part one, with some office jobs that she had when she first got to the city before deciding to switch to screen printing. She met the folks who run Workshop SF and ended up printing there and teaching classes. In 2015, she opened her business, originally known as Studio Nico on Larkin Street. She talks about the switch from only screen printing to also running a retail shop. And she ends the podcast reflecting on the shift she's made running Fleetwood during the pandemic. Here's Nico. That was my first night there, and then I had to, my roommates were asleep and they had to, they were also Cincinnati people, so I knew half of them. Um, and they had left out a, a map for me so I could awesome. see how to get to work. Yes. And I think I had looked it up before I came or something or on uh, MapQuest. On MapQuest. I was just you gonna printed say that. out your MapQuest from your Yahoo email. Yeah. Yeah. And it was it was uh, walking distance from my my, my first internship um, at Kate Keating Associates was architectural firm. Um, and it was walking distance from my apartment. So I literally just had to walk up. I got to walk up Columbus a little bit and then left on Broadway and then left on Sansom. Wow. And it was neat. And I'm, you know, I hadn't seen it during the daytime yet. So I surrounded by all these caf- cafes and people just having their kicking back and having espresso. And one yeah. of the few neighborhoods, and this is probably what I like about it, is that, like I said, I've been here 20 years. I go there and it feels the same. It does. Yeah, unless it's you're there the on like a Friday or Saturday night. Which, and, and, but no, but even then, if you're just not on Columbus, you're fine. Exactly, yeah. Yep. I love it. Okay, yeah. so so you landed and you're doing this internship. Um, mm-hmm. Did you ever go back or? I went back to finish school. So I had two internships at that first place. So I interned for three months, went back for a quarter of school, met my first boyfriend on the elevator my first day of the job, my first day on the job. Um, which was just crazy. And we're still like really, really good friends, which is awesome. Um, mm-hmm. And he's born and raised in San Francisco. So that's interesting because I was doing, I wanted to get to know San Francisco and he was like, I've lived here my whole life, but I was, he got to see it, I think in a different, in a different lens, like through a different oh, yeah. lens. Cause I was, he had never been to Alcatraz and things like that. Um, so I was like, we're going. Oh, yeah. And then I went back to, went back to Cincinnati to finish to, that was my, I think I had two more quarters after that. So then I came back for the second internship at the first place. Okay. Architectural firm. So I had two, two quarters at the architectural firm of internships. And then I had to go back and do another quarter of school in between. And then I came out, I found another internship in Soma at Vanderbile Design, mm-hmm. which is essentially solidified my I'm staying here. Mm-hmm. It was a great internship. I got to meet, I got to learn about like luxury branding and packaging and um, got to meet all these really great people and um, 
got more involved in like AIGA, which is the um, kind of like graphic design. I was going to school for graphic design. So um, I got to kind of, I was kind of immersed in that um, through that internship. And then I had to go back and finish school. And my graduation party was also my like bon voyage. <laughs> right. I'm out, bitches. Yes, exactly. Yeah. When you had that internship in Soma, um, or I guess, I guess when you came back, did you get that same apartment in North Beach? Uh, no. So my boyfriend at the time, guy I met on the elevator, had, had, uh, had got an, an apartment for us. The one that I'm living in still currently to this day since 2005. So it's been 15, it, in June, I think June 14th is my 15, my 15th San Francisco anniversary. Happy anniversary. Oh, cool. Uh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. Wow. So you've moved a total of like once since you've been here. Yeah, uh, North Beach to the Tenderloin. Oh, okay. When, which is, yeah, that's a whole nother full circle story. Uh, because my shop is in the Tenderloin. Um, yeah, North Beach to the Tenderloin during one of my internships and then to Inner Richmond. Oh, you did three internships? Yep. Got it, okay. Yep. Um, do you want to talk about that one, the second one? The second one was at the same place as the first one. So I did okay. two internships at the architectural firm, and then I did my third internship at uh, the, the packaging place where I learned how to do wine packaging and stuff. Do you want to talk about that first time of living in the Tenderloin and your oh, introduction to the Tenderloin? Yeah, I think I, Yes. Yeah. I think everyone's first experience in the Tenderloin is beyond memorable. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. He, my uh, boyfriend at the time, uh, found a, pl a a really cheap place that we could share. It was, I think we were paying 600 a month each or 500 a month or Jeez. maybe less. I don't know. This is 15 years ago. And I was, I was at that point, I was kind of like, I'm good. I had gone to school in Cincinnati. I, we kind of lived, the area around campus was kind of ghetto-ish, mm -hmm. a little torn down at that point. So, and I had worked at a plasma center in Cincinnati <laughs> to make, to pay rent. So I was, I street smarts were okay. My, I was fine. And then I got to the Tenderloin and I was like, oh boy, this is okay. All right. We're in the Tenderloin. I, I get it. Right. Cause you hear all the stories. Uh, we were on Polk and Eddie. So uh, yeah, lively, lively little corner of the Tenderloin. And I just really remember, close to where you, where your shop is. It, I'm two, two blocks. Yeah. From where okay. my shop is. Yeah. Okay. It's crazy. And I remember the first night that I stayed there, I, I, I don't think I went to sleep until about four in the morning because I was just propped up at the window watching, you know, like every, just watching the Tenderloin, just, just taking a mental video. Tenderloin TV. It, exactly. Yes. Totally. Exactly. Yeah. So it was, it was very eye opening, but I also, I loved all the excitement. I think because I came from such a kind of sleepy, slow little town, I think right. that anything you know, fast paced and with a lot of movement and, and a lot of just even craziness, you know, Characters. I, I kind of, yeah, I, I just, I kind of, I soak it up. I love it. I like the energy a lot. It's just, it's constant. It's never ending. Yeah, it is. Um, and, and we will definitely get back to that. Um, so third internship or third, third time here was with the, the, the new place and you, yep got the place that you are currently living in yep. across the street from the park. Okay. Yeah. And I got, um, the, the whole 
reason, right, like that I was doing these internships was to hopefully get hired by one of the firms that I was interning at. So they offered me, they, it was a really small place, um, which was great because I had a lot of creative freedom, um, even as an intern. Uh, and they hired me on a freelance basis um, per project. So that was really cool. I got to hang on. That's, that was the, that's what allowed me to move here instead of being like, oh, I didn't get a job, so I can't live in a really expensive place and blah, blah, blah. So, uh, yeah, so I, I got, that was kind of my, my foot in the door to San Francisco indefinitely. I like to think permanently, but we'll see. You know, you never know. <laughs> already, already longer than you thought. Exactly, yeah. So stayed out here, um, worked for that company for probably six months. And then I kind of realized no one was leaving because it was such a great job. Like, it, you know, if you were there working with Michael, Michael Vanderbeil, you, there was no reason for you to leave. Right. So I kind of saw that there, there wouldn't be uh, any upward movement in the next, in the near future. So I started applying for jobs. I got hired by, um, I got a job working for Austin Design Group, um, also a small packaging design firm. And I learned everything I will ever need to know about wine label design. And I was, I was doing wine and beer packaging, which okay. is like a dream job. Yeah. Super fun. And you know you get to you get to sample the product. I was gonna say meet the clients <laughs> and sample. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it was kind of like the perfect marriage of you know that work hard, play hard, drinking beer in Mercer County, Ohio, with using my design skills. Hopefully, so I worked yeah. there. I worked there for about five years, and then I got really tired of being in front of a computer all day, and so I I just quit. Okay. Okay. Did you quit with the idea that you would open a shop or? Well, so I had been, I had been screen printing on the side just for fun to kind of get back to that, again, that tangible kind of tactile mixing the inks and basically where I, my creativity started initially. And, um, I just, I, I, I just wanted that again in, in some aspect of my life. And so I started doing it on the side just for personal project fun. And then I started, you know, you need a lot of equipment. You need a lot of supplies for screen printing. So I started kind of buying stuff and saving my money. And then people were like, my friends' bands were like, hey, are you printing shirts? Uh, we need some swag. And then, you know, then the Giants were in the World Series and we did some knockoff stuff, which we got in trouble for. But we also, it also uh, made the front page of the Chronicle business section, I was going to so say there's the, you, you get in trouble for it, but you're like, yeah, but they noticed. All press is they good press. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of, and then I got more orders and, and at the time I was teaching screen printing classes at workshop SF, which to, you know, on my deathbed, I will be forever grateful for, for Kelly Malone and workshop SF for jumpstarting my creative career in San Francisco. Yeah, so Kelly Malone and, and David Knight started Workshop SF. Um, they're on uh, McAllister and Baker, so just a, a block up from Diviz. And uh, I, they were on, so that, that is my, that was my bus route home every day. And I, I, I was still kind of fresh to the city, so I would just find myself kind of headphones in, gazing out the window on my bus rides home. And I noticed this place and I was, there's, there was some commotion, there was some energy kind of happening and the bus stops right in front of workshop, or it used to anyway. 
And I, every time we would stop, I would kind of look in and see what was going on in there. And there was always some kind of project happening. And I eventually, um, one day just, I, you know, I didn't have anything to do and I hopped out and I walked, their door was open and I walked out and I said, I, I walked out of the bus and walked into workshop and I saw this like badass girl with, um, a, like a cute, like, I think it was like a new works dress probably. Uh, and denim, like a denim, uh, apron. And she had like a PBR inside a screen printed koozie and, and like big rock and roll hair and like bright red lipstick. And she was like using a power saw. And I was like, what? Like this place is awesome. What's going on? There's like beers and all this creative energy going, going on. And she took off her, her uh, headphones and she was like, hey, what's up? We're not open yet. And I was like, what's happening here? This is great. I love it already. So um, there, a, turns out it's a, it was a DIY school in the making. And I just happened to, she's like, oh, our opening party is this Friday. You should come. And if you bring supplies to donate, we'll give you some drink tickets. Jesus. And so I donated an iPod full of music. I had like an old iPod. <laughs> And I donated an iPod, and that, that got me my foot in the door. She's like, what? That's awesome. We need this. Cool. So I, I became – I was kind of instant buds, uh, and it was – I asked if they needed any screen printing teachers, if they were planning on doing screen printing classes, and they hadn't really thought about it. And I was like, I, I think they wanted to. Um, and so I was ha happy. I kind of took, took that on and was, I think, the, the first teacher that they ever hired. So I had been with them since the beginning. That was really cool. So what year would that have been? Well, the only um, time marker I had from earlier when you were talking about doing Friends bands and Gi it was Giants 2010. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So this is just a few years after that. It would actually, I'm, now I'm thinking it would have been that because I was printing shirts at, at workshop. Okay. So it would, it would have been 2010. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So roughly 10 years ago. Yeah, I think so. Um, hearing your story, I know that you work hard. I know you have, you have a lot of energy. You bring a lot of passion and creativity to your But you also have some really rad luck. I, yeah, I, I'm, I think so too. I think, I mean, I'm a, I, I'm, I don't want to say like everyone back home would call it hippy dippy, but I think I'm a firm believer of the kind of energy that you put out is maybe not directly related to the energy that you get back in, but I, I don't know if it's if you want to call it karma, if you want to call it hippy dippy uh, for all my Ohio peeps, um, or just yeah, or luck or whatever. I don't know. I just I I try to be positive. Um, I I am very aware of my privilege. I'm very aware of um, the you know the the energy that I put out, no matter who it's to whom it goes to. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's, I think it's probably all of the above. You know, I try to be nice to people and recognize people and just, I don't know. I'm from this, it's still the small town vibe too of just saying hi to people and acknowledging other humans, which yeah. in this, in COVID times is kind of making a comeback. Totally. I think. Let's keep I, that going. By yeah. Way. Yeah. I like it. Um, so you must have at workshop SF, you must have been not in addition to Kelly uh you must have been meeting people right oh for sure yeah she she's she's like this cra like crazy network web like wh network mama who just kind of was I don't even know how to explain it she 
Kelly knew so many really awesome people and everyone, everyone's kind of common thread was creativity, right. whether it was DJing or painting or sewing or, you know, making buttons or, you know, I don't chalk drawing, like every, just every single thing, screen printing. It was just so, it was so cool. And there weren't, you know, it was like a club. It was like this cool underground creative club, you know, and it was her, their motto is uh, drink beer and make stuff. So it was mm. once again, a throw, a nod to the work hard, play hard kind of situation. So Absolutely. it was really fun. Um, yeah. The, I got to know a lot of really great people. Most of all, almost all of whom I'm still really good friends with. Um, and I, you know, seeing, I think I, I had met Kelly through some like Etsy or AIGA mm. or Etsy talk or something. And she was, you know, the only one up there with like sleeve tattoos and like rock and roll hair and was kind of like, you know, not the corporate buttoned up norm, which, you know, that's, that's kind of my vibe. That was my vibe anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, so I kind of vibed with her on that level too, but yeah, she connected a lot of people in SF who are still very connected and helped kind of kickstart my screen printing career essentially, because I was able to print my stuff on the side at workshop. And then after a while I was like, this is way more fun than sitting behind a computer all day. So I just, I saved up a bunch of money and I decided to start my own business and okay. I didn't even think twice about it. I just did it. I just, I just did it. I was just, it was it scary? Uh, not at the time. Yeah, like, it, it should have been, but it was. It should have been. It, <laughs> yeah. yeah, a lot of yeah, it definitely should have been. Um, I mean, same with like moving out here or coming out here for an internship. It should have been scary. It wasn't. It was. I was so excited about the. I'm. I was so excited about the next step. Mm -hmm. That um, which is sometimes can get me into trouble. Because <laughs> I'm not looking at what's right in front of me. I'm That's, thinking yeah. about like, what's next? I'm excited. Yeah. Guilty. Yeah. Um, uh, but how did you? So take us through the process then of um, how did you find the spot? That so you're in? yeah. So I was I was I started like I think like anyone starts in my apartment and I it's <laughs> I learned really quickly that you can't do a lot of screen printing slash curing inks in your apartment or you'll blow fuses. And um, I, I didn't want to get in trouble because I really loved my apartment. So I started, um, like I said, started working more at workshop. And then through, through workshop, um, through a party, I think, on Divisadero, I met some, I met this guy, Max, who um, was kind of this, you know, like skate, like skater dude, like motorcycle dude, who was like young, much younger than me, but wanted, uh, I was looking for an intern, basically, but I, I didn't, I just needed some help. And I met this cool guy, Max, and he's, we're still friends. He actually still, um, he's not working for me anymore because we're not in business. But um, yeah, I like kind of brought him on under my wing and uh, as an intern for me and paid, obviously. And we started printing. Um, where were we printing out of after that? Um, I got a spot, I got a spot out at, it's called The Farm, um, out by like where Cesar Chavez and San, like where San Bruno dead ends into Cesar Chavez. Yeah. Cause it used um, to be, it used to be the farm. Used to be a farm. Yeah. yeah With yeah. like theater and punk shows uh -huh. and a farm. Yeah. 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 The dead Kennedys, uh, the guy, there's like an older gentleman at, there was like a, there's a record company that works out of one of the studios. And he told me, he's like, you know, dead Kennedys played in your spot 
you know, however many years ago. And I was like, what? That's so cool. And so I stayed there for a while. Um, and uh, it was like a shared studio and I only had a few days a week there. And then I started getting busier, um, mostly just word of mouth stuff. And so I found, um, I found a different studio spot that sold and got turned into condos. Um, big surprise. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then it was in December and it was, which is the busiest month for any retail company. And, uh, we, we had a 30 day notice and I decided we were kind of in the process of building out a retail space at that spot. Cause it was on market street, I think, uh, between Franklin and Venice. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we, you know, everything got kind of stopped dead in the tracks. So I, it was another like, screw it. Let's just, let me just, let's just do it. And so we had some, I looked at a couple places and when we walked into this place, we're at uh, 839 Larkin. I kind of looked around and I was like, this looks really familiar. Hmm. And it was, it was kind of cool and crazy being back in the Tenderloin again. I was excited about the energy. I was excited about the new being, you know, in a different neighborhood again. And I looked around and I was like, I think it was at an art show here once. And hmm. the, the woman who was showing us the space said, yeah, it used to be, uh, it used to be white walls. And uh, we, it used to connect with the, the building, the shop next to us, which is now uh, RS94109. It's a record store. Right. And it was my first art show that I had ever attended in San Francisco. No way. And I'm back. I'm in that space again. Of course. Yeah, which is crazy full circle that my neighbor, I'm the neighborhood meetings that I attend the merchants meetings are in the, my like first boyfriend in San Francisco in his old apartment. Of course. <laughs> building, not, not the apartment, but the building. So it's, it's all this crazy coincidental serendipitous stuff that I feel like I've, I, it makes, it kind of reminds me that I'm right where I'm supposed to be no matter how crazy the business gets or how crazy the neighborhood gets or how crazy life gets. It's like, I'm, I'm hopefully okay. <laughs> and it's like you're living the Nico show, right? Oh you're just going through those motions. Right. Right. Yeah. So um, speaking of Nico was, was this, so did you open the shop as uh, studio Nico? As studio Nico originally. And then as we started, so I was just printing t-shirts at the time um, maybe some tote bags or something. And I, I kind of looked at it as like, Oh, it'll be my, you know, like a showroom or whatever. And then when we, when we finally got the keys to the shop, we noticed this beautiful big brown bookcase, um, in the back of, of the shop and it sparked, we should do retail. And I don't, you know, everyone says never go into retail cause it's madness and it is, but it's beautiful madness. And I, I vowed, because of all the help I had, you know, received from local makers and, and shakers, um, I vowed to only sell locally made stuff. So that's where the name Fleetwood came in. Um, we considered it like a fleet of ships under one company. Um, and we were obsessed with the wood floors because the, the woman who showed us the space uh, was telling us that it's all the original, like, 1906 Douglas fir wow. wood floors that we had oh. redone. Yeah, because it was it used to be a uh, White Walls gallery, so there was paint everywhere. So we had to kind of redo the floors, and yeah, we had I think we had three weeks to do all the build out and everything, and we got it. We somehow got it done, and mm -hmm. had our had our grand opening uh, February 5th, 2015. So we just okay. celebrated five years of 
being a, a retail store in the Tenderloin. Congratulations. And then a month later, boom. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you want to yeah. talk about any of any of that stuff, especially from business owners now? Um, if you want to talk about, um, you know, how you're dealing with all of this. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's, um, I think it's important to talk about, even though we've all been talking about it a lot. Um, yeah, I, I mean, we could, we could play the, we could play the, the COVID bingo game and use all the buzzwords, right? Um, yeah, the, as soon as it happened, we actually were on a schedule to launch our new website anyway. Again, luck, you know, just random coincidence that I, I had been planning to launch it in October of last year and October from October to December were just slammed. And I don't even know who my, what my name is at that point of the year. So, um, it just kept getting pushed back and pushed back and we were busy enough that it was, it didn't have to be a priority then. And so I was like, okay, for the five year anniversary, we're going to launch our website. That's going to be the, the big thing, the big reveal. And of course it got delayed because we were prepping for an anniversary show uh, so we do art shows also. Uh, we're part of Art Walk, uh, which is every first Thursday in the Lower Polk and Tenderloin neighborhoods. And so we were prepping for this anniversary show. We're prep. We're doing custom screen printing. We're trying to get more retail, locally made retail products in for the anniversary party. And it was just madness. So I was like, okay, we'll put it off. I'll do it. It'll be launched in April. And then COVID happened. So we were like, all right, let's just, here we go. Let's just do it. So I had already kind of had the, kind of had all the, everything kind of in place and lined up um, to launch anyway. So we just, we just fast tracked it and did it and okay. did a big, and it, we, everyone, you know, our regulars, our vendors, everyone in our lives, friends and family were like, when is the website happening? So we finally did it. Everyone was excited. And then Mother's Day, um, we just shipped out. Um, we got almost 80 orders for the Mother's Day gift boxes because we were trying to, figure out all these local makers had no way besides their own websites or Etsy to promote their products and no one can go kind of technically go see their mothers right now. So we thought, and I have all this product in my shop that still needs to be photographed for the website. And I thought, what if we just put together like a gift box and we'll ship for you? So we did, we did these uh, shipped mother's day gift boxes. We, you could fill out your own personalized, greeting for your mom and we would hand we hand wrote these greeting cards mother's day cards for everybody awesome so, yeah so things are going well and you're right i mean <clears throat> we're recording yes. this three two days before mother's day so right, right. Yeah. so um so maybe like are, are you able to exhale right now yes i okay. yes almost i have there's a couple we're doing local pickups um so i'm i have a few more orders to put together but yeah, it's, it's good. It's gained a lot of traction. Um, and then after that, we have to, you know, we're making masks. Um, we found some, we found some people who were out of work in the theater industry, obviously, um, costume designers who are looking for extra income. So we hired some girls to, um, to make masks. We printed some fabric in house and they're making sewing masks for us. Awesome. That's part of it too. We're not, you know, we're not trying to make a profit off of, we're not trying to, that's not like a, like a business plan kind of thing. It's just like people were asking us if we were going to have masks and people, the, the outpouring or I guess, or the, the amount of support 
from the community, from our regulars in the Tenderloin, from our like friends and family has been incredible. There, there's this major focus of how do we support local businesses? How do we keep local businesses open through all this? Mm-hmm. And that's been, that's been just phenomenal and like really emotional at times where I wake up to, you know, 37 orders and half of them are, you know, friends from back home in Coldwater, Ohio, or, mm-hmm. you know, Tenderloin regulars and mm-hmm. the combination of everyone who's just down to support in, in this, in this creative community is, is insane. It's awesome. I was going to say you're, you are where, uh, one example of where business um, meets artists who also yeah. need support yep. right now yeah. in a big way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think being an artist myself and being, you know, even though I am a small business owner too, um, it's, it's, it's kind of nice to have that perspective of being on both sides of it and knowing, knowing that it's not like, it's not easy for anybody, you know? Um, do you have an idea and also do you want to talk about what's next? I mean, I know that for a lot of us, I mean, business owners, whatever, there's a lot of unknown. There's a lot of anxiety, but there's starting to be a pic, a clearer picture slightly. Do yeah. you have an idea of, of how you come out of this? I, I have, I don't, I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it is scary. It's also something that I, you know, aside from taking care of myself and my business and my, you know, my, the people who work with me and, you know, my, my vendors and my makers, like aside from, from making sure every, you know, my, my people, my community is okay. I can't really control it. Um, and I've, I've always been kind of, I don't know. Otherwise I would just have maximum anxiety, you know? Um, I don't know. I I mean, I I have enough of it the way it is, Uh, but (laughs) I'm like peeling apart this straw from Jane and like making it and I'm like making it into like little, like, I don't know what it is. It's, I'm making this Your little checkerboard shape or something, but yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how we, I don't know how we come out of this. I don't know how we personally come out of it as a business. I don't know how other businesses come out of it. Um, it's definitely uh, been really weird and detrimental to a lot of people. And I think, you know, if we hadn't launched the website when we did, and if I, if my social media presence wasn't, if I wasn't so like loud and obnoxious about supporting small businesses, like, I don't, you know, I don't know. Yeah. So my, I don't know. My thing is to always just keep going forward and control what you can and, and, you know, move forward like one step in front of the other. And I'm just trying to remember to breathe. That was Nico Schwederman. Please join us next week when we'll hear from Kevin Klein, who co-owns Front Porch Restaurant in Bernal Heights. Music for Storied San Francisco is by Otis McDonald. Photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. The show is hosted and produced by me, Jeff Hunt. Our website is storiedsf.com, where you can browse more than 120 episodes that we've done over the last three years. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. If you see an option to rate and review what we do, we'd really appreciate it. And if you have any feedback or people you think should be on the podcast, our email is storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Stay strong, stay safe, and stay healthy.